adjust because it's fairly directional. Yep. Maybe we can all kind of just elevate the, the volume of mm. our voice, yep. just just a tad. It should, it yep. should be fine. Yep. Well, thanks for coming, boys. We've got Ryan and we've got Julian, the Mushroom Boys from Byron Bay. Um, so I've come on a bit of a road trip for, for this episode. So I'm, uh, I always like to set the scene. So we're sitting on your balcony just outside. Are we outside of Byron? Uh, in Byron. In Byron. Yeah, yeah. And we're facing north, looking across the hinterland down onto the beach. It's a pretty good spot, boys. It's an amazing spot, yeah. It's certainly somewhere where we come for a bit of extra creativity and innovation. Yeah. 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 So have you been up here for a while? Four months now. Yeah, yeah right. Came, Not long then. came twice earlier in the year and uh, as well, I guess, getting interest for mushroom farms. There was a lot of interest in Byron Bay um, to supply locally to restaurants. And so we thought, yeah, this is perfect. We want to stay here as well. So Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we just sort of made it happen. So you're originally, as you were saying downstairs, you're originally from WA? Yeah. I'm from WA and Ryan's from Melbourne. Yeah, I grew up in Melbourne and moved to Perth for five years. Okay. Which is where I met Julian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. So what were you doing at WA? You were studying? Well, we we were together working in the mines uh-huh. um, in a health and wellness role. Yeah, right. Yeah, we met playing football and um, Julian was working for Rio Tinto for a year before the opportunity came up to get two people into the one health and wellness role. And um, yeah, Jules was fortunate enough to ask me for if I was interested in, to be a part of the opportunity and I just... I just left at that because health and wellness is something that I'm really passionate about. And so, so how, how does that look within like the mining industry? Like what what explicitly is that role? Like what are you doing? Are you working sort of hands-on with, with miners or? Yeah, across the board from uh, you know, the guys driving the trucks to the maintenance team, to the engineers, to the managers around physical health, mental health, giving uh-huh. a lot of talks. Uh, in that mental health space, especially yeah, around big, hey. sleep, resilience, yeah. goal setting, um, expectations with relationships when you're going into a FIFO role. Um, because I guess when we think of health, we don't think of those topics, but they're just as important um, mm. as exercising. Mm. So there was those components as well as yeah, the rehabilitation side, people being injured, coming back to work. Yeah. yeah. So quite a hands-on. Quite broad, yeah. 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 Spent, right. spent a lot of time uh, working one-on-one with these staff members and working on plans to improve nutrition um, in, in a general sense, yeah. Mm. Okay. And so how long were you there for? How long were you working for? I was there three years and Ryan was there about two years. Yeah. Um, but I guess in that time, we'd always thought that I guess the next leap for us would be into our own sort of business. Mm-hmm. So we were playing with ideas. Um, FIFO lends itself to a lot of free time because you're, you know, your roster is, you know, our roster was what eight days it? on FIFO. So Fly in, fly out. Oh, okay. yeah, it's probably more a uh, very common term in WA. Yeah, right. Not so much on the I've East never Coast. Heard of it. <laughs> yeah, very common term. But uh, yeah, fly, fly in, fly out, uh-huh. and then you have different rosters. And ours was eight days on, six days off. So it really lent itself to six days of, I guess, you know, thinking uh, yeah. of a business and working yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And so, was mushroom sort of first cab off the rank in terms of ideation did you go oh, okay I know what we need to do mate <laughs> like, or was there a few trialed yeah. and tested and the theme was food I guess food, yeah, okay. food around sustainable food the future of food um, you know if we think of the future of energy we think solar and wind when we think food we know broadacre farming is very unsustainable um, and also there's a lot of chemical inputs 
mm. and again from a health point of view with the chemical inputs into the animals as well is very questionable um, so where's an ethical sustainable source of protein mushrooms really tick a lot of boxes mm. um, especially when it's grown off waste mm. so it just tick too many boxes for us to say no to mm. and no one was really doing anything in that space Mm-mm. especially in Australia but I feel like it's like kind of like the mushroom it's been in the dark the mm-hmm. I guess you know it's generally thought of as a as a health food and has been for a long time everyone kind of knows the the, the benefits of a mushroom but it seems like there's another level above that in terms of enhancing cognitive function and uh, adaptogens and, and people are starting to plug into that and being mm. aware of that so it's like a little light bulb has gone off for people and mm. I, well the people at the pointy end maybe at the moment of health or fitness mm. but then all that information soon trickles down to, to the masses mm. and maybe you guys are sort of thought leaders in that space which is pretty exciting it's very so exciting it's very exciting mm. so do you think that or have you seen the popularity or the interest sort of sort of follow an upward trajectory is it absolutely I mean when you're talking about a button mushroom compared to a medicinal mushroom mm. is a whole different category yeah which and, probably uh, and um, the health benefits that people are aware of from button mushrooms um, they have they have great health benefits it's a whole new league of health benefits in mm. medicinal mushrooms mm. and that's and that's the category that we're starting to, to see a trend for um, familiar mm. and um, we, we you're right we are very much um, empowered to spread that message of um, the health benefits for medicinal mushrooms to the to the wider population and, um, mm. and bring it bring it to the forefront you know bring the bring what nature can bring through mushrooms to the mainstream population mm. yeah. mm. so the mushrooms that you're growing and distributing are they all native can they all be grown domestically or have you had to some are some aren't so we are in the one that i showed you before the lion's mane we're growing and we've just been able to start growing that of coffee waste yeah right and that can be found in the woods in, in australia yeah um, reishi mushroom can be as well which is ganoderma lucidium which is a yeah, very common mushroom all around the world yeah um chaga mushroom is amazing for its uh, alkalinity and its antioxidant benefits, but only found in northern Europe, northern North America. Likes to grow on birch trees mm. in really cold climates, like minus twenty. Yeah, right. And it grows over 10, 20, 30 years. It takes a very long time. But if you speak to to a lot of people in Russia or northern Europe, mm. uh, they're very familiar with this mushroom. You know, there's a lot of scientists and medical professionals since mid fifties, nineteen fifties, sixties, talking about the amazing benefits of these mm. mushrooms, and so. Uh, in those populations, they're already well understood. Mm. In and oriental populations, yeah, Chinese medicine, yeah. reishi, mm. and these mushrooms, I was in China in July, and you go into a traditional Chinese pharmacist, and it's just big mushrooms, and you just buy these big mushrooms for really high prices, um, because they sort of respect them and they revere them. Like and still, is the, like dried or? Yeah, just yeah. dried mushrooms, yeah. uh, you know, the size of your head. Yeah, right. Um, and that, you know, they're prized possessions and you know, given to family members or friends when in when in sickness or yeah. as a as a birthday gift yeah right um or as something respectful to yeah. help prevent illness yeah i guess mm. it's nothing new like in many sort of cultures mm. but i think i feel like it's new for us it certainly is new in australia yeah, yeah. yeah. but people are pl- people's ears are being pricked up which definitely. is pretty exciting definitely. Yeah. Mm. yeah definitely expect a big uh, 
boom in mushroom awareness in the next few years yeah. and the use of these mushrooms. Yeah, right. Mm, yeah. Um, so how are you getting the word out? Like, are you hitting local markets? and? We're very, very lucky the way that the media is taken to our um, story about collecting coffee grounds to grow mushrooms. Yeah, right. Um, so what was what was we saw as a really nutrient-rich um, product being coffee grounds and one that would be diverted from landfill. Um, ABC News did a story and there's been a follow-on effect from that. Right. Um, so there's been a great awareness through our brand about turning waste into food. Um, so off the back of that, with that attention, we can continue to be an education, um, can, you know, education through social media, through mm. YouTube videos, through podcasts, mm. um, t- to raise awareness and inspire mm. people to try mushrooms and and um, get all the health benefits and connect to nature. Yeah, right. So ha- who who discovered that mushrooms thrive on coffee? We're just doing research. Or is really. it is it is it uniquely coffee, or is it a blend of? It's just coffee. mushrooms go off a lot of organic waste. Um, typically, I mean the button mushrooms, chicken manure, and straw. Mm. And there's different categories for different mushrooms: wood chip, sawdust. Mm. Um, and just one one thing that was mentioned in a few books was coffee waste, but no one was really doing anything in that space. Mm. And we were in Fremantle, which has a huge coffee culture. Right. And so we just started playing around with it there. Yeah, yeah but it's well, been Bi- Byron's not short or shy coffee <laughs> no, either, Australia like. in general. So do you literally go to the local we, cafe and yeah, we, yeah in yeah. in Fremantle and in Melbourne um, we, that's where our two major production sites are where we uh, collect from local cafes and also from the Virg- Virgin Airline terminal at the airport. Yeah right. Um, so yeah we started off collecting on our bike locally and that's turned into a big career kind of truck service where we, we're doing around about 650 kilograms of coffee grounds a week now. Yeah, right. Um, and then we have those two production sites supply uh, satellite farms across Australia in Noosa, Castle, Maine, Byron Bay, um, where those bags made from coffee grounds are sent to these locations to be grown and fruited locally in the restaurant districts. So then the chefs and the local consumers can get something yeah, right. that's been harvested the same day, um, still that's grown off coffee cool, grounds. Eh? Yeah. That's really, really cool. So what um, what mushrooms in particular are we talking about? For the restaurant, it's oyster mushrooms, but there's a variety of eight of those, but the pink oyster, uh, the king oyster, the pearl oyster, uh, strains are, I guess, our, our main three, and then lion's mane is one that we'll be bringing on in the cooler months. Uh, that's generally our, our restaurant market. Mm. And then for the medicinals, it's lion's mane, reishi, uh, Chaga and cordyceps. Mm. So yeah, they all sound pretty. For people who aren't familiar with those names, it mm. sounds like you're talking another language. Yeah, um, maybe don't Google <laughs> cordyceps and uh, insects either. Have you seen, have you seen <laughs> what might come up is wild, um, yeah. Yeah, it's known also as the Tibetan Viagra cordyceps. So it's, right. it's, um, with some stories in, in ancient Tibetan history around um, vigor and uh, you know I guess energy. CrossFit athletes are using it for performance, mm. and um, it's the science is strongly supporting an increased VO2 max. Yeah, right. Um, so when we're talking about medicinal mushrooms, there's a lot of research out there to support the medicinal properties in them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The people, um, do a lot of people think you're talking about magic mushrooms when you're talking about medicinal? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes up a lot, magic mushrooms. Yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, I mean, it's an interesting area in itself. Yeah, uh, magic mushrooms is you know the the benefits that 
coming out of a lot of research in universities mm. around PTSD, so post-traumatic mm. stress disorder and depression. Mm. Um, and it's actually going to be moving from a class A to a class B drug yeah, in right. America, which yeah. means that it has proven medicinal benefits. Yeah. Um, so I think what will happen with that space is over the next 10 years, similar to, to medicinal marijuana, um, you know, the evidence will be, I guess, so big um, and so deep that uh, you know, there's, there's benefits there. Mm. And it's just how it's regulated mm. which is the key mm. yeah interesting so um you guys have got a website i'm assuming yeah yeah what's that lifecycle.com uh-huh yeah we uh we chose to spell cycle differently to confuse people um, <laughs> <laughs> no we were inspired by that nothing spelled like it should be <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're allowing in- for people to spell it wrong <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're inspired by the way the scandinavians go about living greener and um, so we spell cycle C Y K E L, and uh, yeah, we think they're that, quite um, big into their mushrooms too, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of foraging. Yeah. yeah, a lot of foraging there. Yeah. But uh, you've got a bit of a forager's beard going on there. Uh, <laughs> or is that just a Byron thing? <laughs> it's just being in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so where's your plantation? Like, do you call them plantations? What do we call them? Um, the farm. The farm. Yeah, but plantation can work. <laughs> people, um, people do get confused when we say, "Oh, we're going to the farm," and. Yeah. It's like a forty-foot sea container. <laughs> Is it really? Because we grow, yeah, we grow in new sea containers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. just don't think, um, you know, meadows and cows. There's no pitchforks. And pitchforks. No. Pitch you, you're wearing like gum boots and no business suits. Business business suits. <laughs> yeah, forties, right. no doubt. Forties and no shoes. Yeah, no. So the shipping containers. Yeah. yeah. So it's so like dark, dark. They get fucking hot up here, though. They're all fitted out for like uh-huh. coolers and things, uh-huh. yeah. So the uh, insulators as well, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one in Byron is actually a big greenhouse um, because of the climate here, and you just grow summer strains, yeah. But you're just trying to mirror the forest floor, so dimly lit, high humidity, cool. Uh, that's pretty much the environment you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How many containers have you got? Across Australia, it's about nine. So, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's quite an efficient model. We get about 250 to 300 kilos out of one container. How many, sorry? 250 to 300 kilos of mushrooms out of one container. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not meeting demand in any in any way. Right. Um, that's just a small, small batch. Yeah, right. <laughs> and how quick do these things grow? Because I've got, in my garden, I have no idea what they are, whether they're mm. edible. You know? mm. But I've got these mushrooms that they pop up throughout the whole backyard and they're there for, like... A day, mm. yeah. and then I think they got toasted in the sun, and mm. they all kind of drop and droop, and yeah. and then like a week later they're all back. Yeah, very quick. I mean, from the day that we collect the coffee grounds to the day it's put on the menu and harv- harvested and put on the menu in the restaurant is around about four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, is the restaurant stuff like the chef stuff more of your market than people like me? Like um, our biggest market is the homegrown product, right. which is the mushroom box where you sit on your kitchen bench, spray with water and grow your own mushrooms uh-huh. um, that's our biggest particularly around Christmas time and gift buying season is when uh, people are buying the little packaged product once it's open with water light it's uh, giving the trigger to the mycelium which is the mm. mushroom roots to mm. start growing mm. that's that's our biggest um, seller and um, one we're very passionate about is because when people do connect to growing their own food um, it brings a whole new light on health uh, well-being connection to nature just thinking thinking ahead like do these do people 
like so they're growing their own mushrooms at home mm. and some of these mushrooms aren't that aesthetically pleasing like they look kind of weird and wonderful <laughs> if you're not used to them are people like do you have recipes on your site that kind of steer people in the right direction in terms of what to do with them once they've grown yeah, yeah definitely it's that education piece with mushrooms yeah um but yeah, we've got some blog posts and some recipe yeah, awesome. posts. We need to continue to do that more um, to educate yeah. on those mushrooms. Yeah. So you have you. So that's part. Of, that's one product. But you also have like powdered yeah. cordyceps or yeah. mm-hmm. just for people who are on the run. Everyone's busy today. So you need um, to plug into like the student demographic, you know, for yeah. cognitive, you know, for mm. focus and yeah. study, yeah. high performance, um, yeah. Yeah. pumping out tasks under mm. under pressure. Yeah. mental clarity so I just I just I was just saying to you Ryan I um, just finished writing a book so for like two two and a half months I was head down bum up in a, sounds a bit weird head down bum up in a library um, and I soon noticed my, my routine was the same day in day out mm. so I'd go to the gym feel energised park my car about a K from the library walk in mm. felt great uh, I, I was and then I'd, I'd get down to, to work and I sat at my computer and I mm. worked out pretty quickly within the first couple of weeks that I had an attention span of about five minutes. No, <laughs> from about from about nine till about 12.30, one. Mm. So I was like, well, that's great, but it's not amazing. Yeah. So at, at, at one, once, for me anyway, once I kind of, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, yeah. and then I'll drop off a cliff. Yeah. And if I stay there for the rest of the day... I don't get much work done, yeah. mm. but I would sit there and fucking grind it out. Yeah. I might get another two hundred words in the next in yeah. that four hour. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's not productive. That's mm. not a good use of my time. Mm. So then, over the next sort of six, seven weeks, I sort of started tweaking and adding things to my routine that mm. was going to blow out that attention window. Yeah. yeah. And so mushrooms was a massive part of it. Mm. So. Um, coffee was a big part of it MCT yeah. fasting but over the top of it all was mushrooms and yeah. so yeah. I wasn't mentally fatiguing at 12.31 anymore I was mm. getting another hour yeah. Yeah. hour and a half two hours sometimes yeah. I'd still fall off a cliff at yeah. some point yeah. but I was extending that window and I just think for people listening to this who you know work in an office mm. environment or are studying for exams like it's a very yeah accessible mm. affordable way to kind of mm. you know particularly like not so that that was one ins, ins, instance so um, what mushrooms were you using uh, so lion's mane cordyceps yeah um, yeah that was it yeah so yeah performance yeah. and two great mushrooms yeah performance yeah cordyceps physical performance um, and just energy as well as the lion's mane for, yeah like Ryan was saying, cognitive performance. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. very popular in Silicon Valley, yeah. and in those early adopting areas. Popular where, in Silicon Valley, yeah. Where right. uh, you know performance is sort of everything a little bit, and that's both in a physical environment or you know a work environment. Yeah, mm. yeah. One thing we were very excited to do with the Lion's Mane is to to bring that onto the breakfast menu for the home user. Um, our latest homegrown mushroom box product is Grow Your Own Lion's Mane. Yeah, right. So these taste like a lobster texture. So having them with your eggs or however you eat, have your mushrooms on toast or whatever for yeah. breakfast um, is going to give you a really good kickstart today for, for mental clarity. And um, by supplementing with vitamin D and B3, 
um, the research is strongly supporting that for better neural um, firing. Yeah, right. yep. um, so yeah, you spot on that you've been able to gain an extra two hours of productivity yep. a day through through a practice of um, utilizing something from nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, yeah, just a no-brainer. Like if I can make my day more efficient, more productive, then yeah. just from like a supplement because you do. Like, I know you do the the homegrown stuff, but you also mm. do in powdered form. Yeah, right? we've got the Lion's Mane Latte, um, which is a maca powder blend with vanilla, and then with Lion's Mane powder. So it's it's not really changing habits. You can mm. have it with your smoothie. You can have mm. it with your protein shake, with your um, coconut milk in a caffeine-free coffee. Mm. So we're not expecting people to go out and change habits. It's it's an easy to, to how, use. How do you, yeah, like mm. how mm. to integrate it into yeah. everyday life yeah. for people. I think yeah. that's that's mm. the key. Like not yeah. not introducing something that's wild and tricked up and, mm. and, um, and it, like uh, there's no barriers to using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you do you train using mushrooms, like using cordyceps? cordyceps? Is, I definitely notice. I mean, when we have our mushroom coffee, so then mushroom coffee is. A um, just add water, mm. and you get forty milligrams of caffeine, chaga, and cordyceps blend. Mm. It tastes great, but it gives it gives me a, a certain boost in performance for when I'm exercising. Mm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it blows my mind. This stuff. <laughs> like, I'm so fascinated by you know real food, how it can you know that sort of old adage that food is medicine or can be medicine, yeah. but I think it's almost like there's an elevation above that. Like it can, you know, improve longevity, yeah. enhance, a- amplify. Like it's yeah. not just going to keep you in good health, but mm. it can yeah. ramp you up to, you know, optimal mm. health, mm. And optimal performance. Like whether that's athletically or cognitively, yeah. like it's pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not really scratching the surface either. Yeah, especially in terms of mushrooms. Yeah, I mean, if you look also. Uh, you know, prescription medications forty percent are derived from fungi. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's already fungi being used a lot and utilized a lot through medicine. Yeah. And now it's it's, it's evolving into that you know performance enhancing zone. Yeah. 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 yeah mushrooms are fascinating. I <laughs> I heard some stat the other day or the other week, but and you probably have better um, uh, better um well you'd be able to tell me if it's bullshit or not, but twenty five percent of the Earth's biomass is is Mm. fungi or yeah. mushroom yeah. somewhere between yeah 25 and 30 percent so you pick up a handful of salt 30 percent of that would be fungal matter yeah 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 um, so and like the world's largest living organi- organism is uh mycelium in mm. in a forest in yeah. oregon or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wow. uh, mind-blowing do you know much about mycelium and the we i mean when we first started we just knew growing mushrooms off coffee waste and we still know that but we're evolving that into the medicinal mushrooms into the power of mycelium mm. and so we're working on some prototypes with mycelium for biomaterials so making materials out of mycelium because it's known as nature's glue it's very hard mm. so if, if you imagine a, a brick you can replace that with a mycelium brick shut up if you're if you what do you mean styrofoam um hang on back to bricks <laughs> back, back to bricks so, so it, 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 i haven't seen mycelium but mm. so from like my a, understanding it's like it's the mother right yeah so the mushroom is the flower yeah mm. Yeah. comes through the surface of the earth yeah. below that is this intricate network network of yeah. Yeah. of, of uh, it's just threads like a web yeah. of threads yeah. that's, that's one function is communicating so they have like networks. neurotransmitters 
pretty much very it's similar. like your nervous system, yeah. like a human nervous system. If you put it under a, under a microscope and mycelium, it looks pretty much the same in terms of how it, you know, they communicate and network and, and pass nutrients and pass information to what mycelium does in the forests. So it allows trees to talk to each other. Mm. It allows, uh, you know, it, if you lift up a big rock in the forest you'll likely see mycelium on the underside of it mm. and that's taking those nutrients and those minerals and transporting it to the trees uh, so it's a facilitator it's a net network internet of the internet of the underground so the so the notion that mushrooms and fungi and plants to greater or lesser a lesser extent extent uh, sentient is that what we're saying here yeah 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 so it's a bit controversial for vegetarians isn't it, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> So they allow, <laughs> so are they the, hang on, so mm. I'm fascinated by this, so yep. there's a mycelium, yep. so that's the network communication for mushrooms, but it's also for the forest, for the forest, for right, so yeah. the tree is, yeah, yeah, the tree will be, will have connections to the mush, to the mycelium, right, and they will talk to each other, right, and allow other trees to talk to each other through, through the internet, through the internet, which is the mycelium, yeah, right, yeah, so it's the original internet. Right. Yeah, that's mycelium, and a healthy forest uh, requires mycelium. Yeah, right. And requires, yeah. Um, even if you look, I mean, we get a lot of comments from farmers, older farmers, saying, "Oh, when I was a young boy, I used to, or when I was a young farmer, I'd have mushrooms popping up everywhere mm. in their in their fields, and mm. now they don't." And really, that's uh, I guess you know, again, going back to broadacre farming being unsustainable in some ways because of the chemical inputs that killed off a lot of the mycelium mm. in the underground. Um, and that's really, a, a sh- I guess, a good sign of a healthy ecosystem yeah, of right. biodiversity is mushrooms. So h- how far beneath the surface is this mycelium? You just scrape, move some leaves and you'll see it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And once you once you know what you're looking for, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah, mm. right. We could go t- 10 minutes into the hinterland there and you'll see it everywhere, on trees, mm. on the ground. On trees. Yeah. yeah right. um, attached to underside of rocks. It's literally everywhere. There's medicinal mushrooms growing in the main street of Byron. You know, like we were just walking through the town the other day and found some turkey tail in the, on the tree. And these are, you make a tea out of that and it has significant anti-cancer properties. Yeah, right. Um, and it's, it's amazing now that we've, in the mushroom um, world, that you do just see them everywhere. Yeah, just right. Pop up everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially in Byron. It's a good uh, environment that the forest floors. The west coast of Perth is a bit drier, but in a human environment you see mushrooms a lot. Mm. But probably going back to that biomaterial part, just to make sure people understand yeah. what I was talking about, about the bricks, so the mycelium, which is the web-like structure of the underground connecting things, what you can do is you can you can mould this mycelium into, so we use 3D printing moulds, and we use agricultural waste, and we put it in the right environment, and the mycelium will grow to eat mm. the agricultural waste into whatever shape we wish. So we have it in a mould of a, of a brick, Mm. put the agricultural waste in there the the mycelium just a starter culture and it will over two weeks it consume all of the agricultural waste mm. and then what we do is we heat treat it we put it in, a, in an oven like structure and then we just pretty much kill kill the mycelium but it comes out really hard like a brick in that shape and so we can prototype styrofoam polystyrene replacing those type of materials is, is brick, one opportunity a brick strong enough um with the similar integrity as a as a house brick, so yep. you could build a structure with yep. it. Yeah, there's been some great testing. I mean, there's a great company in America called Ecovative, really leading in this area, and they've uh, you know been doing insulation panels, um, bricks, uh, all sorts of materials. So it's, it will be a future for materials. See, I, I <laughs> so I'm just trying to get my head around it. So 
so the 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 if I was to pull back, you know, four inches of earth, mm. get rid of all the leaf debris. Mm. In my mind, the mycelium, you'd see like this root system, mm. but it wouldn't be like super compact. And you're describing no, yeah. this like you're adding it to farm waste. But then, does it occupy that whole the whole thing. space? Mm. It consumes all of it. Yeah. The whole volume. The right yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Which doesn't occur in nature. So this right. is human, okay. uh, I guess, engineering of nature. Gotcha. Which is known as biotechnology, which I think is one of the most exciting areas going forward. Mm. Which is utilizing nature. Mm. Um, you know, not tampering with it, but just utilizing it, working with it um, to create sustainable products, sustainable ways of doing things such mm. as materials. Mm. So. Yeah, just I guess the. Oh, there's yeah. more to it than I thought. My mycelium's always looking in the end to fruit, like you mentioned before. It's the fruiting body that is the reproduction for the mushrooms. Yeah. Because when the when the fruiting body releases spores, it's it spreads spores into a new direction for more growth. In the case of the biomaterials, we're actually putting it in an oven. Um, that brick will go into an oven to prevent it from fruiting. So then it then it's a it's a safe um, material that can be used for building. Yeah, right. Without the risk of it then fruiting. I heard some other stat when you're talking about spores that, and I'll probably butcher this, but something along the lines of every breath we take or any every inhalation contains, mm. I forget the number, but it will contain yeah. a certain number of spores. Yeah. Is that about right? Like really wherever you are on the spores. earth, well, yeah, within reason. Like um, like Julian's saying, in WA, it's a desert. There's more of a desert-like. Um, mm. So you're not inhaling as many spores there. Mm. Um, you know, fungi and mold are the same family and mm. you're always consuming, inhaling mold in different um, different um, contents. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's just probably, I guess, having an appreciation for fungi as a kingdom. So humans, uh, animals, their kingdoms, fungi mm. is its own kingdom. Mm. So when you think of uh, in an animal kingdom, you've got a lion and you've got a cat, or you've mm. got a whale and you've mm. got a bird. Mm. It's the same, uh, you know, applications in mushrooms there's so much variety in terms of what they can do from button mushrooms to medicinal mushrooms mm. to mushrooms that can you know uh, eat hydrocarbons so remediating soil so yeah you know, right we can go forever in terms of what mushrooms can do in their application and i think that's where biotechnology is heading one amazing area is feeding ourselves mm. through nutrition and mm. optimum optimizing performance the other thing we can do is remediate soils so to break down hydrocarbon and oil spills yep. through mushrooms yeah and materials so there's there's many applications out there um because the kingdom is so big so there's so much variety in yeah. terms of what they can do it's not the yeah. same mushroom getting the right tool for the right job exactly kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah so it's just and because we're not very familiar with them like you said in your backyard they pop up for a day and they're gone yeah there's no familiarity there so it's almost a level of uncomfortable feeling it's like yeah. oh that's different i've never seen that before <coughs> yeah then it's gone Whereas, you know, a dog and a cat you see over and over and over again, so you build familiarity with it. Yeah. Mushrooms, uh, a big part of our education is building that familiarity. Yeah. Um, through, you know, seeing them, cooking with them every day, mm. and that's why Chinese medicine well, I, I have think, done that. Yeah, because we're not in the, the realm of Chinese medicine. We don't adopt that kind of protocol. Mm. We're familiar with butter mushrooms and portobello and mm. brown and Swiss, but... Mm that's about it yeah, we yeah. wouldn't use it for medicinal mm. or you know cognitive yeah. enhancement or yeah. or anything or mm. bricks mm. do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so yeah. yeah part of big part of what you do I would imagine is 
education. Totally, you know? yeah. totally. Yeah, a lot of... If you, um, without that, the rest doesn't really follow, does it? You know? Like, no. People people won't adopt anything that they can't trust or understand. Mm. Or un- mm. um, so we do spend or a lot of... just make the leap to, oh, well, these guys mm. are trippers, like... Yeah. It's all mm. magic mushrooms. It's Is all bullshit. It? It's like, no. well, no, there's, there's more to the picture. Like. Exactly. We put a lot of time into our social media and um, blogging and and education so then so then we can spread that message in an easy to understand way mm. um, so many naturopaths out there would be using medicinal mushrooms for many years mm. um, and they'd be all over it but we want we want to spread that so much further than mm. that um, area mm. Mm. Yeah. and so what other applications are there you mentioned bricks and so there's, there's biomaterials which is mushroom materials and I think like you know the biggest opportunity there is replacing polystyrene and styrofoam so when you buy a TV or you buy mm. something and it's those mm. you know, polystyrene is petrol based doesn't break down for hundreds of years yeah right I think that's the first cab off the rank um, in terms of what it can replace other than that mushroom leather is another product that is the resistance there like affordability for that's where it has to get to yeah um, but I think it can uh, yeah, I definitely think it can because the inputs are quite cheap. You're using a waste product, yeah, right. And you're using mycelium, which you, you know you grow from nature, so um, it will definitely compete with polystyrene, right? Absolutely, right. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of someone picking it up and doing it. Yes, um, and it is happening in pockets around the world. So that's exciting. So are you have you got a finger in that kind of pie as well? Or you, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're being a bit greedy. We're just excited about so many <laughs> areas. <laughs> that's great. Right, so many areas, and that's why we have you know. You know, Ryan and I started this, and uh, very you um, even you even live underground. Is <laughs> really embrace the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to think like a mushroom. <laughs> but you know, to Ryan and I learned very quickly that it was out of our depth some of the science in terms of what we wanted to do. So we've you know got a team of a biotechnology engineer and a microbiologist mm. who spend their time in the labs and are really good at that mm. in terms of you know this scientific piece. There is a lot of detail there. Um, so those guys are working on biomaterials. Mm. Um, having conversations with IKEA about prototyping. Yeah, wow. Um, so there's definitely applications. Right. And there's definitely an appetite for it. Yeah. Um, people want to see more sustainable practices. Totally. Um, so there's biomaterials, mushroom leather, something we're not really working mushroom on. Mushroom leather. Mushroom leather, but as a Don't just skip over that. There's, <laughs> a, there's, a mushroom, there's a mushroom called Amadou, which has exactly the same texture as mushroom. As leather. As leather, as leather sorry. So um, it can be. What? In terms of strength as strength, well, strength, feel, no. um, yeah, not really? the not the outer layer, but if you cut off the outer layer, the inside leather, which you can cut into strips, um, you would think it's leather. Yeah, so you can grow that, and uh, that's that's something people Ve- are working vegan on. leather. Yeah, right. Mm. But then would we circle back around? <laughs> <if it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the real real question because they're a living organism. Yeah, um, and they. So I I I, I heard a while ago that plants can give off I don't know whether it's they can give off a signal whether it's pheromones or so if there's a threat of a predator mm. downwind of those plants they kind of get the war- the war- they're warned early so they can kind of change their scent if you like or yeah. um yeah they become less appealing yeah. to the predator yeah. Yeah. but now I'm starting to think well is that coming by the mycelium? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so mycelium is the connector allowing that to happen. Yeah. So I mean, if you imagine humans without the internet, you know, I mean, even mm. though you've only had the internet for 10, 20 years, prior to that, how did we communicate? 
Um, it's, it's almost like that with nature. The mycelium is the internet of how they communicate, mm. um, which we're only just which I thought surface. was just mushroom to mushroom, but I didn't realise it, mm. it kind of extended to yeah. all things in the forest floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, so yeah, m- uh, mushroom leather. Mushroom what leather. <laughs> um, Myco remediation or mushroom remediation. Are you wearing Leather, mushroom leather. Shirt. <laughs> we haven't developed them yet. No, yeah, we've got some, yeah, some other mushroom things like mushroom night lights and different things. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> but uh, no, no mushroom shoes yet. Uh, mushroom remediation, so oil spills, um, mm. going back to mining or going back to, um, you know, using chemicals yeah, and, and even farmers in terms of wa- you know runoff into waterways. Yeah, um, and it's very damaging for the ecosystem again. So there's particular mushrooms that can eat up the hydrocarbons, mm. break them down. Mm. Um, so and pretty quickly too, right? Yeah, very yeah. quickly. So yeah. no one is, you know, Does it mean, out. is the end product of that, the mushroom, is that then itself toxic? It's a lower potency, so it's just constantly degrading the, the concentration and the density of it. Uh-huh. So it's still going to exist, but in a lot less... Harmful uh, way. Know, yeah, yeah, right. Less potency of the hydrocarbon and the less damage on the environment. And just measuring that, you know, somewhere between fifty and seventy-five percent, mm. yeah, and just breaking it down a lot quicker. Mm. So, yeah, mushrooms. Can so, would it have an application if a tanker spilled off Wollongong? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, getting to that commercial piece, no one's really mastered the model, but on small-scale experiments, um, you know, it's, it's sh- there's many, many studies showing that it breaks down the hydrocarbon. It's how you do it on a big scale, but there's many great people working on that. Yeah. There's a company called Sustainable Salons in Sydney that uh, collect waste from uh, hairdressers. Mm. So they have hair booms which um, attract all the oil. Um, so it's a, it's a boom of hair you know, wrapped up mm. together and then so the oil will be attracted into the human hair. Mm. And then we want to understand if we can grow mushrooms off the hair mm. um, to take it to that next level. So these kind of tests yeah, are all unta- being undertaken slowly but surely we're going to come up with some answers see that to me seems like a really amazing solution for something that's kind of inherently bad for the environment mm-hmm. so do you is there a mechanism that you get support from government or local council for that kind of thing um, like such an mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. initiatives like that should be supported yeah. To, in my mind, so yeah. is there a pathway yeah. for that sort of thing? It's a good point. We're still sort of coming up with, I guess, that sh- that strategy um, in terms of which path. It's nothing obvious. If I'm right. honest, there's nothing obvious to say. Okay, this is, our, this is what we want to do. Will you support us? Um, we need to go on Shark Tank, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess also while we're talking about all these things, there's so many. They're all massive areas and industries in themselves, and we're focusing on food and medicinal mushrooms um, to get those two right. Yeah, I guess. But those other areas are something we want to work in. Yeah. Um, but as we as we sort of grow, we yeah, we'll look to either um, crowdfund, take on investment, and look at grants as well. Uh huh. Yeah, those three areas. Yeah. We're working with Melbourne University. Uh, there's a PhD student that's doing some work in those areas. So yeah, there's things being chipped away at. Yeah. And with support and and collaboration happening. Yeah. But this is you raise a good question that we should really be uh, investigating grant opportunities. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, if it doesn't exist, it, it should, right? Yeah. Like, it's a great environmental safety product, you know? Like, yeah. 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 
food for thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we head, boys, is there anything else that we haven't covered off in terms of mushrooms, its application or their application? Any interesting facts? I love facts. Interesting, <laughs> fun facts. Funky jokes, Ryan. You got any? <laughs> oh, I'm running out. We get, we, get, we, get, we get hit with so many funky jokes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, I guess it's just a take home from us is that uh, if you're listening, be very excited about mushrooms in the future. They're going to play a very big role and you're going to mm. continue to hear about them. Mm. And maybe you heard about biomaterials for the first time today, but um, in the next 10 years that will that will be more and more so. Yeah. Become commonplace. Yeah. Medicinal mushrooms and those random footsteps will become yeah. uh, commonplace very soon. Yeah. Um, they already sort of are within athletes and fitness CrossFit, like Ryan yeah. said, but they yeah. will um, reach everyone in the masses soon. Um, what else, Ryan? I think um, also touching on our fundraising and school initiatives. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that to make a change, it's going to start in the young generation. And we're, we are now seeing lots of kids teaching their parents about how to grow food and um, recycle. And, and it's phenomenal to see that happen. So we're working on getting um, a curriculum-based um, system in. And um, our current um, process is that we provide the mushroom boxes as a fundraising in initiative for the school so they're not selling chocolates anymore um, and using mushroom boxes to raise money for veggie gardens and, yeah, awesome. and, and playground equipment and things so yeah that's a really big focus for us is the, is the education and um, um, yeah so look out look out for the kids coming home with um, yeah, right. all, the, all the mushroom uh, information yeah, yeah. yeah. move over caramel or koala <laughs> <laughs> well you'd have a pretty receptive audience in in around Byron I would say yeah, it's a good it's, place to start. It's a, I mean, it's a very good place for, for food businesses as well. But, I mean, there's a lot of... I'm not sure what people from the outside think of Byron, but I mean, coming here and not really knowing the area four months ago, I'm very inspired by the creativity and the businesses here yeah. in the innovation sector, yeah. especially in food. It's, it's, I mean, in fashion and other areas as well. Yeah. But it's a real hub for innovation in business. Yeah. And that was something that I was really surprised by. And the, the ability to do so much collaboration with awesome businesses here is, is yeah, very it's exciting. exciting. It's quite receptive. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I love what you're doing, boys. It's very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. We just need to get the word out let people know about the health benefits but also yeah the sustainable sustainability picture to it all too like it's very exciting so good on you thanks thanks for your time some birds to finish off there maybe